Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hello and welcome to this week's Alabama AgCast. I'm your host, Mike Moody. In the studio today, we've got three special guests. Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville, his agriculture legislative correspondent, Emma Johnston, and Mitt Walker, Director of Governmental and Agricultural Programs. Senator, how are you doing today? Coach, by the way, but I'm I'm doing good. Thank you, Mike. Well, I have to start off with the initial greeting, but I knew it was going to get to Coach pretty quick. Well, I want everybody to understand who it is, you know. That's right. Some people think I'm still coaching, but uh, I am in Washington, D.C. as a senator now representing Alabama and on the Ag Committee, which uh, I'm excited about and looking forward to putting together our pieces of the puzzle to the new farm bill that will yep, take, was, take place as the 2018 farm bill. I was just about to ask you that. I know you've been uh, touring around Alabama listening to farmers. For those who might not know, uh, what is a farm bill and, and why is it so important to Alabama? Well, it happens every five years and it's new to me also. We've uh, uh, been going around the state just asking farmers uh, and producers all across all of Alabama about, hey, what was good about 2018 and what was bad and the problems we're having now. And so you take those and uh, you go back to Washington, D.C., and you kind of put that together to kind of help farmers uh, have some success because right now there's not a lot of success in the business because of, you know, the food prices uh, in terms of the the, the uh, uh, supply chain, uh, workers, uh, you know, everything's going up in terms of, of uh, labor and just fuel prices, everything that is involved in it. But uh, one thing is the farm bill is put together to protect to protect the farmer mm-hmm. and trying to make sure that uh, they're successful because we can't do it without food. And then, of course, a major part of the farm bill is nutrition, uh, the n- nutrition programs, the uh, SNAP cards, food stamps, all those things that go into it. And now it's up to uh, around 80 percent. That's uh, good information that we all need to have. Mitt, how are you today? Good, Mike. Thank you. Mitt has also been with Coach. What are your impressions of things that have been happening these last couple of days with the Farm Bill as well for Alabama? Yeah, yeah. The last couple of days have been great. I think Coach has been able to hear directly from uh, the producers across the state about what's working, what's not working, what needs to be tweaked. Coach has been focused on the Farm Bill way before these last two days, though. Um, this is a long process to get us to, to where we're at. Um, I just I really commend Coach Tuberville for, for taking time to come down and look our growers in the eye, hear from them directly. It's one thing for me to kind of relay what, what's going on on the ground, but to hear it from those farmers directly, I think, means a lot to them and puts Coach in a much better situation to advocate for their interests moving forward. Mm-hmm. Well, um, uh, Coach, you, you brought an expert with you, I believe. Emma Johnson's been working for me for three years. She runs our ag department uh, uh, in uh, Washington, D.C. for, for our, our office, and she spent a lot of time in the state. Uh, Emma, won't you say something? You've been around talking to all the farmers. You've, you've been to several farms uh, in the last, what, three or four months talking about the farm bill good, the bad, and the indifferent. Uh, tell us what the farmers have, have, have told you from the state and and maybe some of the good things that could happen or and maybe some of the bad things that we need to get out of the farm bill. Sure. Thanks, Coach, and thanks, Mike, for having me today. Uh, yeah, I've been around the state um, talking to various farmers and producers of all types, whether peanuts, cotton, corn, soybeans, cattle poultry um kind of tried to cover everything some catfish and seafood too um 
the one, number one concern we're hearing from folks is labor, um, the difficulty to secure labor, um, reliance on the H-2A program, and then also rising input costs. Um, the rising cost of production is up 28% since Joe Biden took office. Um, that's the largest increase in history, so over a two-year period, a 28% increase in production cost. So that is across the board, not considering specific rises in fertilizer, feed, equipment, fuel, chemicals uh, that every producer needs. So those are kind of the two main things we're hearing, our production costs and the increase need to increase in reference price simultaneously for ARC and PLC. Right, right. Well, uh, as, as far as the uh, the approval process itself, where are we kind of in the timeline of the uh, of the farm bill? So the timeline is very slow, I would say. At the end of September, September 31st, the Farm Bill, the 2018 Farm Bill will expire. There are several orphan programs that will not be funded past that point, and part of that is the feral swine eradication pilot program. Um, but then some other programs like ARC PLC, uh, crop insurance, will continue being covered through the end of December, and SNAP funding never expires. Yeah, I think, um, you know, from my standpoint, this will be the third farm bill I've worked on. And I would say we're a little behind schedule right now. Um, nothing to panic about. I think the bills are, are mostly written. And, and we do anticipate this being a, a farm bill that keeps the general framework from the 18 farm bill in place with some minor tweaks. So um, not a not a revolutionary farm bill, so to speak. Right. It'll be more of a general progression. Um, we do need to address those reference prices, as Emma mentioned. Um, when you look at the cost of production going up as it has, what that would do is give our farmers a little bit stronger of a safety net than they have currently. And um, that is that is so important because, as y'all know, I mean, there are so many things that are out of the hands uh, or out of control of our farmers, whether it's weather, trade disruptions, um, market prices. Um, you know, we've said for years, farmers are price takers. We're not price makers. So we have to accept what the uh, market is willing to pay. And when you look at what it's cost to produce a crop now, it is very, very difficult to be profitable unless you've had an outstanding year in terms of yield. So mm -hmm. um, we appreciate Coach's office, you know, recognizing these input costs being a problem. And I know he's going to advocate for us on that front for sure. This is Scott McCall, Chief Relationship Officer of Alabama Ag Credit. To get started as a beginning farmer, we understand that every dollar helps. At Alabama Ag Credit, we're proud to provide additional support for beginning farmers with our Jumpstart grants. These grants will be awarded to five beginning farmers to help jumpstart them toward future success. To be eligible, you must have started farming within the past two years or plan to start a farm business in the next year. Additionally, your operation must be headquartered in one of the 40 counties served by Alabama Ag Credit and you must be 18 years of age. Five grants of $10,000 each will be awarded in 2023. We're currently accepting applications for the Jumpstart program, and the last day to apply is August 31st, 2023. To find out more about the Jumpstart program, visit alabamaagcredit.com or call 334-270-8687. And the one thing, too, Mike, about the Farm Bill, it's most of the farmers that we talk to, there's not a lot of problem with it, but you have to tweak it. Uh, you know, the reference prices we talked about, I mean, farmers can't make it. 
I mean, we got to make sure farmers can survive in this country. They got to make better like a profit. And the big concern on my on my part is watching this as it as it goes into effect and farmers over the last few years is we've got farmers that can't make money and when they can't make money you're losing your farms we can't lose our small farmers we can't do it and if we do that we're going to lose our country as we know it it's like any small business small businesses and small farmers they have been the backbone of the united states of america for 247 years and so this farm bill has to protect them and right now i don't think we're protecting them enough they're not getting enough money out of it as we said earlier 20 percent is basically going to the farm farmers in this farm bill and 80 percent goes to giveaways and I'm for helping people, but I'm also for helping people produce the food that save not just our country, but we we feed the world. And so uh, we're we're way out of balance right now, and we got to start understanding that we need to cut back on regulations. And the one thing that if we don't do, I don't think we're going to make it as a country, is we've got to convince this administration, or either that, or get this administration out of the White House. We cannot run this country without fossil fuels. We can't do it. It's impossible. And it's going to run people out of business like the farmers because they have to buy this very expensive fuel. They're, they're not going to be able to farm with electricity, but right. they want us to be all electric in, in 10 years. Well, that's impossible. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't do it. So there's not a lot of common sense in Washington, D.C. when it comes to the people that actually do the work in this country. Most of it is about, hey, how can we regulate more? How can we tax more? How can we make it tougher on the American people? How can we just give people a check and just get everything from out of the country to come here and we'll live happy ever, ever after? Well, that's not the United States of America. Uh, and and we hopefully people understand that when we get to the next election here in a year and a half, because we continue down this road. We're going to we're, we're we're in a tailspin right now in a huge tailspin in a lot of things. And so we until we start understanding that we're we're going to have a tough time being the same country that we all had a, a great opportunity to growing up in amen amen to that well uh we certainly uh, do appreciate everything that you're doing for us and and it and it feels from the from the farm family perspective it, you look up at washington and you watch the news <clears throat> and it uh it's a you know it there, there may be some good good news, but there's a lot of bad news, a lot of bad things that, that seem to be happening. And uh, it, it's frustrating when you're a producer and you're looking up there and you're saying, what can I do? I'm just one voice in this. Now, I, Alpha's working hard. Farm Bureau's working hard to make good things happen. But the average farm family out there, what are what can they do during this time other than elect great people like you? Well, elections, uh, the other thing I tell people, what can I do, coach, and get on your hands and knee and pray because the good Lord may be the only one that can save us to this point. But we we also have to keep fighting. I mean, we've got to stay in the fight. Again, we've got to fight against these high regulations. We've got to fight against these high taxes. Now, I will tell you, you know, everybody hears about this $32 trillion in debt. It is real. It probably more than that. And it's going to really put a strain on the, our our kids and grandkids coming up. But we can't worry about that. We got to worry about right now and being able to survive and keep our country in the in the the cycle of of keeping ourselves the United States of America. We don't want to depend on somebody else, some other country, to keep us uh, uh, safe and healthy. We found out through COVID. You know, everybody opened their eyes. Oh my gosh, we can't get Tylenol because it's made in China. 
I mean, and the ships aren't running COVID. I mean, we don't make anything in this country anymore. And if we don't wake up and smell the roses and get manufacturing back in this country, that helps everybody. That helps the farmer. We talk to cotton people today. Hey, we can raise all this cotton we want, but if we got to ship most of it out of the country, uh, 80%, uh, you know, is exported uh, of our cotton, uh, and it's made something's made somewhere else. When years ago, heck, in North Alabama, we had a great sock industry, you know, made from America's cotton. But that doesn't happen anymore. Politicians have absolutely run this country in the ground, and we need to get them out of the way and get business people back into politics. And I'm going to say this, Donald Trump is the guy that understands politics. He understands uh, the, how to put business back in and also understands trade. I mean, that is huge for the farmers of this country. We appreciate the straight talk you always give us in Alabama, Coach. Emma, any parting words for the farmers out there? I would say that we're advocating for you and ensuring that all Alabama's voices are heard uh, on the Senate Ag Committee. So thank you for all that you all do. Thank you. Mitt, any last words? Yeah, I think, Mike, as, as we wrap up here, Coach talked about that $32 trillion in debt. And um, we are certainly, at the Alabama Farmers Federation, advocates for uh, reeling in that debt, addressing deficit spending. But at the same time, food security is national security. And when you look at what's going on around the world today, the Farm Bill is simply an investment in our country and keeping us safe and secure. Um, the real winner, when you get down to it, of the Farm Bill is not necessarily even the farmer. It's the American consumer. We still spend less of a percentage on food than any other nation in the world. So more of our disposable income can go to the other things that we enjoy. So um, the Farm Bill is about farmers, no doubt about it. It's about conservation. It's about a lot of things. But at the end of the day, it is about national security for our country. Currently, when you look at all government spending, Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security, defense, servicing the debt, coach. When you look at all of that expenditures every year, we're only spending one quarter of 1% on risk management tools for our farmers. One quarter of 1% of the total budget. So when we go into a farm bill year and we hear things like, you know, hey, that's going to be expensive to do this or there's not money to do that, I think it's important to put it in perspective. If we really care about food security in this country and we really care about national security, I don't think that a quarter of 1% is too much to ask for as we move forward. Not at all. Well, uh, thank you all for being here. These are some uh, very sobering times I think we're living in. And uh, you you said it, Coach, we've got to be praying about this. And we've got to elect good people, but uh, we cannot uh, do this without the Lord's help. And and, uh, those are some fine closing words to say. But is there anything you'd like to say in closing? Well, again, I'm like Mitt and Emma. You know, we had a great tour around the state. And... It shows you when people show up, they care, and farmers are true Americans. They believe in our country, and and uh, they believe in God, and and they believe in helping other people. And that's what farmers do. Farmers help everybody. And as Mitt said, we there's a this country only gives back so much to the farmer, and it should be a lot more. So that's reading the farm bill is so important that we make sure that. We have the farmers we have now, but also their kids get into farming and we get other younger people into farming because if we don't do that. If we don't grow that and we're not growing right now, we're declining, then this country has no no chance 
of being self-sufficient when times get really tough down the road when when we have other countries that are trying to take advantage of who we are. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you, Coach, Emma, Mitt. Thank you all for being here today. And we uh, will continue to watch and pray for you as you're uh, doing the Lord's work, I'd say, up in Washington for us. So thank you again. Thank you very much. And now, your weekly AgCast wrap-up. Welcome to this week's weekly wrap-up. I'm Tanner Hood with the Alabama Farmers Federation. Next week is our annual Farm and Land Expo in Mobile. For those attending the conference, be prepared for a fun-filled three days visiting with other members from across the state. The conference will kick off Thursday night with a welcome banquet where members will hear from Representative Jerry Carl and Chip Blaylock, Executive Director of the Sunbelt Ag Expo. We'll also honor our Duncan and Rittenauer Award winners and close the night with entertainment from a local FFA string band. Friday will consist of carefully planned farm tours tailor-made for great learning experiences. Keep an eye out for a farm tour photo contest with exciting and worthwhile prizes for the winners. Saturday, we'll finish out the conference with an array of competitions and expert speakers. We'll close that night with a long-anticipated closing banquet where outstanding young farm family, discussion meet, and excellence in ag competition winners will be announced. Good luck to all the competitors. On August 14th, the federal court in Birmingham will convene regarding the newly drawn congressional on August 14th, the Federal District Court in Birmingham will convene regarding the newly drawn Congressional District Map for Alabama. Although we're still a couple of months away, we want everyone to start planning for the Sunbelt Ag Expo. This year's expo will take place October 17th through the 19th in Moultrie, Georgia. Alabama is this year's spotlight state, and attendees can expect loads of Yellowhammer State-themed fun and activities. Finally, be on the lookout for next week's Cultivator Newsletter. The return of the Commodity Corner is a great asset for farmers looking for commodity-specific news. This week will include updates on the cattle markets and peanut innovation. That wraps us up for this week. Thanks for joining us. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.